You are listening to the Commerce Insights with Woman podcast, where inspiring industry experts share their experiences and insights with us. We are here to bust the myth that commerce is complex, dull, and difficult. I am your host, Jacinda. Let's make commerce easy and exciting together. So welcome to another episode of Commerce Insight podcast. We are recording this live from Shop Talk in Las Vegas. Today with me in this special episode, we have Tink Taylor, co-founder and president of Dot Digital. Tink, welcome so much. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Tink, how has the e-commerce landscape transformed in the post-pandemic period? And what significant shifts have you observed within the retail industry? Yeah, uh, from a vendor's perspective, it's, it's obviously been interesting. You know, the dust is starting to settle from you know, what happened pre-pandemic. So Magento being acquired by Adobe, big commerce, uh, obviously becoming a public company, uh, you know, Shopify dominating. But you know, it's interesting, there's an you know, emerging pattern of new technologies that we're coming across. Um, you know, shopware out of Europe, commerce tools that were you know, German as well. You know, we were hearing of them all over the world. And Australia, funny enough, is you know, where we first really got uh, familiar with them. Vtex down in, in, in South America as well. So yeah, there, there, there seems to be room for new protagonists. I think you know, uh, retailers are reconsidering their options of what they've always historically done, who the obvious players were to talk to and they're still they're still good as well but you know maybe they've slightly changed you know big commerce is going more up market adobe's definitely dragging magento more up market and i think that's where this uh, opportunity comes in for, for other vendors so i think you know, alongside that there's a technical ecosystem of people such as ourselves that are you know aligning with those various uh, platforms and you know, there's obviously new players that come into those those markets as well. So there's there's lots of new things for retailers uh, to discover and find out where there are efficiencies and you know, maybe they can get a competitive advantage. And this is why I think you know, Shop Talk. You know, this is so much busier than last year. I think everyone wasn't quite sure yeah. post COVID, <laughs> but there's seemingly a huge appetite yeah. uh, for the, for this show. And I think one of the reasons for that is just to find out where everyone's at now because it's <laughs> everything's been changing over the last few years fully agreed well in the light of economic uncertainty how can these like customer data and customer experience platforms such as yours enable commerce businesses to remain agile and adapt to changing market conditions what can you provide yeah i mean it's interesting you know just over the last few years during the pandemic we've um it evolved into what we're now calling a CXDP. Um, and that's really because you know, we started getting recognized by you know, likes of Gartner and GT Crowd and what have you for our data capabilities. We've always, as a business, yeah, I'm age myself now, I think we're running over 20, 20 <laughs> years, um, and we've continually bolted on features and functionality and modernized the platform and new, new technologies. Uh, and the reason for that is because our customers have asked us, we want to do this, this, and this, and then kind of actually take stock. And when the outside world starts calling you something different, it's like, well, we, we, we need to rebrand. So we, we, we've done that on our website at the moment, um, and there'll probably be a lot more noise about that uh, in the coming months. And we'll, we'll be CXDP for some, we will just be you know, 
email an SMS to others and maybe yep. just email to some other people. But the whole point of that is we've been able to absorb all these data points from everywhere that we then use uh, not just only to store the data like a traditional CDP would be, but to give the best experience by utilizing that data, finding out all of those data points that you can use to automate, trigger, uh, and target um, the, the end customer. And ultimately, it's about delivering relevancy. If you deliver relevancy, you get results. And if you can be relevant all day, every day, in, in aggregate, send more messages in whichever channel, and it's now not our choice as the marketeers about what channel you communicate, communicate in. It's the end customer tells us where we want. So yep. we don't want an email, we want a WhatsApp or we want an <laughs> SMS. We, you know, uh, so therefore we need to you know, listen to that and understand that, use that data point and go back to them with something relevant uh, on scale mm. uh, in the right channel. And that's where things like automation and segmentation has to be you know, uh, done programmatically because you just can't do enough of that. Uh, uh, by yourself, you know, by you know, by hand. So that's yep. where you know, machine learning and all of that sort of stuff comes in to build the content on the fly automatically. That's very exciting. What strategies have you found to be most effective in addressing the chimes of increasing customer acquisition costs within the e-commerce space? So anything where you can help brands out and what do you feel about the customer acquisition uh, costs as, as itself because here at least today at Talkbox day number two I was uh, joining a few folks this morning and everybody are keeping tell, to, to keep telling me about customer acquisition costs are rising and I'm in trouble with my customer acquisition yeah. costs so where can you help? Yeah I mean we, we sit more in the retention and conversion yeah. side of, uh, of, of, sort of yeah, especially in the e-commerce world uh, side of things, you know, customer acquisition, you know, we have a lot of people that come to us. Uh, we've, you know, I've found this list of data, can I send it, send it yeah. out? And it's like, where did you find it? You know, under what That's data? classic. Yeah, under, under what regulation? You know, so we kind of shied away from that, you know, that side of business. You know, we're very tight on the rules of you know, what data you're uh, allowed to put into our platform. And that actually keeps our integrity and the relationship with like the receiving uh, uh, email providers uh, yeah. in, in good stead, and that's why we have good, great deliverability. In terms of acquisition itself, then you have to look at other other stuff. You know, people are doing a lot of search. You know, there's great technologies out there like Clickly. You know, I was chatting to them uh, yesterday. Um, the show started on the Sunday in Vegas. Great, <laughs> busy time for us all. But yeah, uh, I saw them, and I, you know, they had some really good stuff where they're now using some of the AI that we're seeing. Yeah. It generates. Uh, the creative and the ad pushes it out uh, on the fly again at scale uh, and that that generates the lead and you only pay for the lead if it gets a conversion so but yeah it's where I'm seeing uh, the smarts in this space is where you're using technology to do stuff at scale with the right data with the right permissions and you've got to use the right technology to be able to do that scale I think that's that's the key Fully agreed, fully agreed there. Um, then when you talk about uh, sort of like personalization, so what are the innovative approaches you would have or, or where the digital tool can help? And then talking about also about the future, uh, what do you see in personalization? You just mentioned that you, you can't anymore segment on, on hand as, as the, the mass is getting so great in many cases and you need to have some help. But what, uh, what role does personalization play in the game? Yeah, I think the key thing is like, Unifying the data that matters. Yeah. You know, Digital acts as the hub uh, 
iPad, you know, it's the product, the customer, and then you, know, you drive that into engagement data. Um, and that, that unification of all that data just gives you a better understanding of the intent of the end customer. And then if you can deliver something that matches that intent, they get results. So it helps you make better decisions. Yeah. Uh, it makes light work of that data. And you've done the heavy lifting. You know, we can do behavioral mod uh, modeling uh, and do sort of mar marketing analytics to un uncover like the insights that give you faster, better decisions and better results. And that fast and better results is driven by you know, automation to extend your reach. Uh, as, as I said several times already, everything is about scale. Yeah. And if you look at just say pure email, people you know, back in the day would be focused on stuff like uh, say open rates. I could get you a hundred percent open rate guaranteed. <laughs> I'd send an email to my mum, she opens everything. <laughs> it's not going to make you a fortune. So you need to get more stuff out the door. Yeah. Uh, sounds you know, kind of scary sending more, but if you actually send more with the right intent and the right relevancy, yeah. you get the right results. And again, it's the technology that gives you the scale. And then when you talk about the expert and experience, because you've delivered the relevancy, you've delivered a wonderful experience to the recipient. So they're much more likely to engage yeah. and you know, come back and you know, drive the ROI that you're looking for. Thanks, Tink. That was uh, really good and some very um, important advice as well. Let's go with the tough question. Now. Oh, God. <laughs> What's the overall data maturity with e-commerce is running on platforms such as Shopify Plus? Do brands or retailers understand the importance of first-party data? Oh, do they understand? <laughs> that's, a, that's a tough question. Um, I've, I think the vast majority do now. There has obviously been a shift, I think. Um, Actually, the overall understanding of what data is, permission first, you know, third-party data, what have you, just you know, as a general rule to the Joe public, is much better known. You know, all the, the stuff where we see Facebook talking to, to Congress and what have you, it's opened everyone's eyes about all these tech companies are you know, storing data and what is the level of permission on that. So um, I think... The regulations have caught up. I mean, one of the things I've worked extensively uh, as part of the Direct Marketing Association in the UK and then latterly in the US, and part of our charter is to lobby those that make the, the legislations on what the rules should be. And then it's like, if we don't promote best practice, uh, then rules will come in place that will be draconian as a consequence. And I think mm -hmm. this is what the, the dangerous part we're living in now. I think, you know, Facebook and the likes. Yeah, yeah, there's a potential therefore has this been abused and therefore we're going to get some lawmakers who'll put uh, legislation in place but they don't really understand the technology yeah. so the laws they put in place would then just break the internet so that can't happen either mm. so what well, I remember the information commissioner in the UK uh, who wrapped up to the, the lawmakers in the EU at the time was saying that if you do your job as a vendor to help promote the information about this to the general public and you know, if you asked someone on the street what's happening to your data and if they knew it was being stored and they knew it was being used for personalization then job done we don't have to have any rules so we've been part of helping them to shape that the, the, that legislation to not break the internet but also part of a message to you know do the best practices right and our best practices have always been over and above the law so going back to your question, I think the general public have a better idea. I think the retailers definitely do. The rules have come in place. GDRP, for example, in the UK, yeah. well, UK, Europe, 
uh, you know, there are some huge fines there if you get that wrong. I remember sitting in a conference in the US and uh, it was the day before that GDPR came out. There was a bunch of Americans sitting there and uh, they said, well, GDPR is coming out tomorrow. You know, you know this might affect you. And people yeah. go, no, it doesn't. We're Americans. It's like, <laughs> well, if you've got someone at gmail.com in your address, <laughs> do you know where they live? And yeah. Because if they live in the UK or they live you know, in Europe, yeah. Um, you could, you know, could, you know, could get yourself a thirty million euro fine, and the sheer panic in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Those sort of data practices, you know, I live in Canada, have been replicated by Carslack there, and you know, similar in Australia, and we see pockets of this in, in the US. You know, California got much tighter data regulation. So retailers do know, and to your question, we, we do get the odd retailer come that say, "Can we bend these rules?" And the answer is always no. But someone, <laughs> someone's always desperate, and you talk about cost of acquisition, and you know, where did yeah. you find that data? Some, so people try it on, but I think they know they're trying it on. Was historically they might have done this in error or in in yeah. ignorance. So I think they know, uh, and if they don't, then I'd be be surprised, and they might just be chancing their arm, but taking a huge risk. So we kind of help them help themselves I think that was extremely strong thanks Tim. that was a really really nice nice answer um, what advice would you offer to e-commerce businesses looking to invest in customer experience data platform solutions or similar uh, where to get started and uh, what should you do as, as your first step yeah I think in in our world we've been around a long time we've always had what I referred to as a noisy neighbor and that's someone in this space that has just received a ton of funding. So they have a, a mission to, to grow, dominate, float, or be acquired. Uh, and with all this extra funding, they go around and tell the world with these huge marketing budgets that they're amazing, their service is brilliant, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's quite often they have a sweet spot and they have a place, but they try and leap out of that sweet spot. So um, it's don't believe the hype, I think, is the advice. Uh, you know, really do your research. A lot of uh, the platforms that we talk to that have come out of the email world, or there's people in the SMLs world that are getting into email and then the data, the CDP bit sits in the middle. That They've always been strong at one piece and the other bits are bolt on. So how integrated are all of those channels? So when we talk about we do email, we do SMS, we've got WhatsApp, we want to bring Line on in China and so on and so forth. We've got Live. Uh, so I mentioned live chat. We want to make sure those things really talk to themselves. And I'm going to put my hand in my heart. When we first started doing it, we didn't. You know, email was the key in our database. And if someone came to us with a list of just you know cell phone or mobile numbers, that wouldn't work. Um, it does now, but it, you know it means that if someone has a live chat, uh, maybe you know, we talked about snowboarding earlier. So let's use a snowboarding <laughs> uh, uh, analogy. Um, yeah, if I'm on live chat and I, I, I need a snowboard and you know, the, the agent recommends this board this size and it's blue, well, I'd expect if the data points are talking to each other properly, if the channels are truly integrated and talking to each other properly, when we sent an email or an SMS, it would be about a blue snowboard that's a certain size. It's the same one that was recommended. So, yeah, there's lots of things that get badged as like, you know, you win the CXDP market. Uh, and multi-channel or omni-channel tools where really the background of this company was one specialization and they've just sort of shoehorned this other technology in and there's no true integration. Uh, and when I talked about making better 
decisions to get that intent and automating you can only do that if at the data layer things truly talk to each other so make sure um, that you're digging under the surface quite often there's a lot of these companies out there say if you just have a checkbox in a spreadsheet of like do you do this it's quite easy to tick the box but mm -hmm. actually you should do a deeper dive into each one of those and say show me do it try it you know <laughs> put them to the actually physically test them I, I think actively encouraging people to do that are you tired of manual data collection would you like to get more actionable insights from data to increase your profitability and forecast future sales we at Woolman, a leading Shopify Plus agency, have a solution for you. Ellis is an AI-driven business intelligence tool that combines data from multiple sources into a single-view, customizable dashboard. With Ellis, you can make data collecting, reporting, and analyzing a breeze. It does all the work for you. Get a deeper insight into your customer segments, clarity on product and store performance, visibility into future sales, and so much more. Get a free demo now and start leading your business with data-driven decisions today. Um, as a C-level founder, how do you ensure your CDP uh, or customer data platform solution continues to innovate and adapt to the ever-changing needs of e-commerce businesses? So how are you sort of like keeping yourself in the mood? Me, me personally or the business? I would say both. Start with yourself. Well, I mean, I, I've been in this business 20-something years now and I know all the movers and shakers. So as boring as I sound, I can't help but bump into what's going on. You know, whether I get an email or I go here at Shop Talk, just trying to get into the into the, the, the conference area where we met the booth earlier, I must have bumped into fifty people. Like, and you know, the ecosystem. Going to your initial question, how's it changed? All those people have changed roles yeah. because of various acquisitions and some of the layoffs yeah. and stuff like that. So, it's, it's a bunch of old mates. It's an e-commerce community. <laughs> what are you doing now? So, I'm just always being told. Uh, outside of what then probably is the most important thing is what the customers are telling us. So, you know, why are we winning stuff? Why, you know, why do we have churn and losing stuff? What do these people want to be able to do uh, to deliver better results and what they're considering? We've just always had an influx of that information. So we listen, you know, with, with intent to make sure that we're fulfilling the needs of those those customers. One of our, our challenges, as I say, we we. We, we built so many features that the outside world started calling us something different. They said, you're a CDXDP, you know, yeah. you're, you're not an email marketing company, you're not on your channel anymore. And that's because you know, we've had a development process over the last 20 years that allows us to deploy code all the time with no downtime. And we wrap those up into four big quarterly releases. So it's, it's hard just to keep up. You know, even as a you know, member of staff, the support team, the sales team, our partners as well, I'm working now, it's like, what do you do now? Because it wasn't the same as what you did uh, yeah. yesterday. So yeah, I, I think listening, and I listen through the partner network. Yeah, obviously that partner network is like the friends we were talking about there, but then also the customers. I think mean, that's absolutely mm -hmm. key. And then obviously we we talk to likes of Gartner and, and so on and so forth, all the analysts out there that say this is a trend and what have you. So we have you know, sources from everywhere. I think. Really good. Um, my final question for today is that what have you learned during Talk 2023 so far here in Vegas? At Vegas? Any thoughts? Oh, what have I learned? I've learned I really don't want to do two weeks in Vegas because I've, <laughs> I've just, just done the Adobe Summit. That's so, a good lesson. <laughs> uh, it's day, day, day seven in Vegas for me. Shop Talk's only just started. So it started yesterday. It's like sort of a half day and it's, it's the morning. Um, 
what's quite interesting is you know for us we're always looking at what decision makers are doing and we're hearing of quite a few retailers pushing out decisions or uh on terms of replatforming uh rebuilds they're sort of going into maintenance mode as they're everyone's just sensitive to what's the wider macroeconomic environment but that does also mean we're hearing a shift of you know focus is like right we've got to get roi reduce that cost of acquisition yeah uh increase those sales and so on and so forth so that you know marketing and digital marketing and that's kind of the bucket that we we fall on has always been the bit that gives the greatest return so the focus sort of interesting enough shines on us so not our first rodeo in the recession, and it was sim- <laughs> we've it followed a similar pattern last time round. But yeah, kind of that's just sort of the sentiment I'm hearing from, yeah. from a lot of people. Yeah. Lovely. Hey, Tim, thank you so much for for joining Commerce Insights podcast. We hope to have you sometime again. Uh, thank you for all of these valuable thoughts. My pleasure. Thanks for having me.